Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 378. My name is Brando, eager to talk today to Tim Tricoli. Am I saying that right, by the way? It's been a while since we've spoken. Yeah, uh, it has. You sure are, though. Yep, that is correct. It's been a while. I say it's been a while because I don't remember the episode, but I can date it with the fact that at the time, the lead singer of Adler's Appetite was Constantine Maruletikus. You know, however you, you say it from American Idol. Great dude. It did not last very long, but that was the last time you were on. We were talking about the Appetite for Destruction box set. And now it's, it's like a long time ago and it's not that, that long ago. It's, it's, it's interesting. Well, before we get into the user illusion box set, how are you buddy? You have a lot of boxes and sets behind you. If you're watching this (laughs) on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of in the middle of uh, going through my entire collection right now, trying to sort out what I have extras of and what I don't have extras of because, you know, people are, wanting to know and wanting to buy stuff. So, you know, I gotta, I don't want to accidentally sell action, accidentally sell anything that I don't have an extra of. Um, I think I've done that in the past actually. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, so that's what this chaos is behind me. Um, not my entire collection, but a lot of it anyway. And, uh, yeah, doing well, you know, just got back from Japan and Thailand, went to the Japan shows, Wow. sort of went to the Thailand show, long story, okay. but, uh, um, yeah, first time overseas for any reason, whether GNR or otherwise. So um, it was an experience. Wow. So there is a lot to talk to you about today. <laughs> Not just because you're, it's like you and, and Kevin Belasco, or as far as I know, the two, I don't know, I, I want to know the Mount Rushmore of Guns N' Roses collectors. You know, you two well, are there. I, it's not me. I have a lot, but I, I know there are more than me. You know, there are there are other people out there who, for whatever reason, and, and that's their business, I guess, but they choose to remain kind of anonymous. Okay. Um, you know, they might have more higher-end items, you know, like stage-used things. For me, I was, and no, no offense to anyone out there, but I was never really into, like, the whole, you know, stage-used this or stage-used that, because from, I think it's very hard to prove, and... Um, and not that it matters when you own that thing, but when you go to sell it, that matters a lot. Sure. And, uh, um, you know, and, and also instruments and stuff. I mean, maybe if I was a musician, I might be more into that. Plus, it's definitely more out of my uh, range, I think, of what I can afford. So <laughs> there, there's that as well. Uh, and believe me, this costs enough as it is doing all this and the damn lithographs and everything else. But um but uh, yeah, they're they're out there um, for the, and you know, and I try not to really disparage anyone's collection, whether it's one item or or a million items. I I love it all, and I love to see what people have and hear their stories of how they got things and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. I I find very fascinating. But there are some guys out there in 
in uh, I think the guy lives in Spain and France and a few guys in Australia that have some some pretty great stuff. Um, so they're out there. I love it. And that's why whenever I have a fan like yourself, I'm just a fan. I happen to just work in radio and start this podcast, but I'm a fan. What's your most prized possession? And it could be anything. It doesn't have to be a guitar because I'm like you. I I don't have the means. I I like, you know, the lithographs. Those those are a lot of fun. I'm a big T-shirt collector, a big hat collector. I really like your Guns N' Roses hat. Uh, Thank you. Right now. You know, I like the, it's kind of a rare one because the back of it, I'll try to show you guys. I don't know if you can read this or not. You see, it says get in the ring Ooh. and, you know, it's embroidered and everything. And so that's, I've never seen too many other ones of these, maybe none, in fact. Um, so, yeah, uh, I like this one a lot. Um, uh, that's one of my, not my favorite song of theirs, but it's a, I like that song a lot. But um, my prized possession, wow, you know, um, you know, I think if I had to break it down, one of my most favorite items, this is a little slightly different category, but, you know, the song is strange. They had a, a U.S. promo CD for that. There was never an official U.S. single for that. There are singles from other countries like Australia, New Zealand, France, you know, but for the U.S. there was only a promo single for it, a promo CD single. And if you ever get it and if you ever, it's hard to take like photographs of, you know, but if you hold it in person, the color of the actual CD, like, you know, the front of it, not the back, is just insanely beautiful in my opinion. So, and it's also my favorite song by any band of, of all time. So maybe that holds a special place in my heart. Sure. In terms of like most prized possession, though, if we're talking like maybe rarity and value and everything else, um, probably the Purple Banner that hung behind them in 1985 and 1986. Like, hmm. it's just kind of crazy that it came into my possession, but it, it really worked out because that's a big part of what led to the appetite box of my involvement in it anyhow. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I, I would say that, but there's, Believe me, there's a lot of items on that list. I can assure <laughs> you, but if I just had to tell you one right now, that'd be it. And if people want to look, I, I know chances are if you, you're listening to this podcast, you may know, but it's TricoliTM.com. Uh, is that the uh, the website? That's correct. Yeah. Mm. And, the, you know, the problem is um, it was, I, I had it on uh, through through Yahoo. Uh, I was using this program called Site Builder to make it. It's very easy and simple, right? And that's why my website is very basic. A lot of people don't like that, I think, because I don't know how my website displays when people are viewing it on a phone. You know, I, try, I tend to use my personal PC a lot more than I use my phone to, to navigate on the internet. Um, and I think other people don't. But, uh, you know, they're they're retiring that, that program. And so now I'm going to have to maybe even rebuild the entire damn site so it's going to be unfortunate, but it's going to take some time and it needs an update anyway. There's, I haven't updated in a year, so there's a lot of items to add to it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, it's, start, it's currently up right now and that's it. Um, just unupdated. Yes. It, it looks like the old school forum days where there's a lot of logos <laughs> everywhere. And you know what? I, I don't have a website. I use Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and I've thought so long and, and, and hard about just the the effort that goes into, and yeah, there are all these easy uh, easy sites that help you make a website. I understand that, but it's so time. Everything is so time consuming. I mean, I just made a TikTok. I feel dirty. I feel dirty about it. 
But I mean, all I'm doing is I'm not dancing. Don't worry, Tim. None, <laughs> none of that. I'm I'm basically repurposing uh, interview clips that maybe the uh, the kids haven't seen yet. I uh, kind of think you know, just getting my my name out there. So, uh, but regardless, yeah, it, it's it's cool just to go through what you have. I had no idea though it had been that long. So let's just kind of get into the box set because I will. Yeah, before anything else, what's your history? Because you are, for those who don't know, who don't may, uh, didn't listen to that first episode when we spoke about your involvement in the original box set, you're just a fan who has a lot of stuff, and management reached out to you. So, and I understand you can't say everything, so whatever you can talk about. No, yeah, that that's correct. Um, you know, I'm just a regular person, right? I mean, I never really had an agenda when I was collecting any of this. I just did it for myself, and I... One of the reasons for the website is not only so fans can see it, but uh, sadly, <laughs> so I can see it as well, because I got to tell you, as you can see behind me, it's all in boxes and closets and, you know, none of it's uh, hung up or displayed around my house. Not that I'm against displaying it or anything. I just haven't got around to it. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't possibly put it all up. I don't have a house that big. Um, so it's also so that I can I can see it. But yeah. You know, there's this guy in L.A., his name is uh, Jeff Gold. He runs a site called RecordMecca.com. He sells high-end memorabilia. Um, Bryn Breidenthal, who used to be Guns N' Roses' publicist for okay. a long time, okay, she sold, like, her entire collection to this dude. Um, or maybe had him sell it, maybe had him sell it on her behalf. Not really sure what the, the deal or the relationship was there. Um I know this one guy who who bought a lot of it. Um, you know, he's got some really great stuff. Thankfully, one of the one of the things I was able to buy um, was this demo cassette that was given to her in 1986 from by Tom uh, Zutat. Zutat, I'm not sure how to pronounce that guy's name. I still, always screw it up too. Yeah, <laughs> Tommy know. Z. Tommy Z. Right, Tommy the Z. The one that's in all the behind the musics and, and one that was represented by uh, Pete Davidson in the Dirt. That guy. Right. And sells cars and, uh, now. And sells cars. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, yeah, people have seen <laughs> those true. videos of it. Right? No judgment. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Um, but uh, you know, and so she had this demo cassette, and I was just interested from a memorabilia standpoint. Um, thankfully it had already someone had already transferred it to a CD so I could listen to it when I bought it, right? Um, but uh anyhow, I, I think when they were putting this box set together. I don't know. It, it maybe they just didn't bother doing too deep of a dive of research yet, so they didn't maybe know what they had exactly. And so, I, I assume maybe they think that they didn't have the Sound City demos on on the reels, like the original reels. And so, they reached out to him for this demo tape. He he told him he sold it. Then he reached out to me and asked me if it was okay for them to contact me. And I said, yeah, of course, right. And so, they called me and I I told him I had it. And then in our conversation, I was I directed him to my website and he saw all the other stuff I had, including the purple banner. And the, I could just hear like the gears turning in his head as we're talking on the phone. And, uh, you know, the, I think the plans for the entire box had changed at that moment in time. Um, now, before anyone comes down on me, you know, it wasn't my idea to have like all these trinkets and stuff and, and you know, facsimiles of memorabilia that were in that in the the big box, right? The, mm -hmm. the, uh, the loaded box, but um, you know, and I had no control of the price or any of that kind of stuff or the content. I can tell you that right now, but yeah, I, I had, thankfully I was off in the next couple of days because they wanted me to box up pretty much 
everything that I had from the Appetite and the Lies era and and send it off to them via UPS. So wow. it was uh, it was nerve wracking too because what if this stuff gets damaged or lost in the mail and, and all this kind of stuff. But uh, yeah. it all worked out. Um, you know, I didn't. I don't know. I, I, you know, people told me, oh, you should have asked for money or you should have asked for this. I, I find that kind of a, a weird um, kind of vibe or situation to be in. And me, I'm a memorabilia guy. So basically what I kind of wanted and what I got was, you know, just, hey, give me one copy of everything that, that comes out of this. Right. And uh, and so they and they did uh, some cases, multiple copies, like a regular version and a promo version. Um you know, and uh, and we've kind of kept our relationship going and obviously did the same thing for the user illusion box. And, uh, you know, before anyone even, you know, asks, um, according to the guy, when, when I speak with him, when I talked with him, he said it was the band's decision on Appetite not to include anything live, whether video or audio, right? Excluding the It's So Easy video that they that they updated, right? You know, um, and on the user illusion box, it was their decision. He said not to include any demos or outtakes or alternate takes or whatever the phrases that people use for these kinds of uh, versions of songs. I don't know. Maybe they'll come out in the future. I have no idea. Um, I did ask him, like, is there a plan for any future um, what they call it, like like Blu-ray audio of the user illusion albums? You know, he said there was no plans for that in the future, but and again, I, I didn't ask him why that's the case, right? Sure. But I do wonder. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the, the the short breakdown of my involvement and all this stuff. And sometimes, by the way, you know, people wonder. I I can't answer. And I meant to ask him this when I when I went there and this past summer I went to Universal to hang out with this guy. Um, but I meant to ask him why it didn't get released on the actual 30th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Of your of appetite or user illusion for right. that matter, <laughs> um, you know, I, I and user illusion may have been even my fault a little bit. I wonder because it took me a while to send all the memorabilia to them. I kind of dragged ass on that. Um, <laughs> it's true, that's uh, sometimes true. I wonder if I'm to blame a little bit at least. <laughs> but yeah. Wow, yeah. there's a lot to uh, unpack there. First things first. You, again, you're my kind of collector because. I thought of you, I don't know if you're, because obviously you're a Guns N' Roses collector, obviously, um, if you collect anything else. Um, Great question. Yeah, people ask me that a lot. I, I used to collect Aerosmith and Metallica. Okay. Um, the problem is, well, a couple of problems. One, the biggest problem of all, and this goes for a Guns N' Roses collection as well, space, right? Yeah, you know, sure. even in a house, I mean, you know, there's finite space and uh for example, people always ask me if I have the pinball machines. Not only, I mean, are they pricey if, if you don't know that already, especially the new ones, um, probably even more pricey than the original one is. But, you know, it takes space, right? I mean, I do have a, a garage and everything that I could put them in because I usually park my car outside. But still, uh, maybe one day I'll get around to it. Aerosmith, it was just, there was so much stuff. I mean, think about it. That band goes back to, was 71 or 73, you know, when the first album yeah. comes and then, you know, before that, if you want to include like, you know, club days or whatever sure. before they got a contract. And then Metallica, it, it um, got priced out of that market, you know, because there was a guy who used to run this website and had all all kinds of stuff of Metallica's. And they, him and some other collectors, they got together and came up with like a top 100 Metallica list, like top 100 rare items. And when they did that and they made that list public, it caused the prices of everything to skyrocket. 
and he eventually took that down because they they were upset that their prices skyrocketed. But ever since then, yeah, definitely priced out of the Metallica market. Man. And I'm kind of glad because Metallica, if we want to talk about lithographs real quick, when they have a concert, they have a VIP lithograph, they have a regular lithograph, and have all these like artist prints and alternate oh, like really? versions. Oh my God, it's ridiculous. I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, because it's been a long time since I've seen Metallica. Um, I think I saw the Summer Sanitarium tour, which is like yeah. you know, over a decade yeah. ago. Uh, but I think of you whenever I, it's not on now currently, but it, it was WWE uh, Hidden Treasures. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what that show is, I actually had Charlotte Flair on this uh, podcast talking about it. And then we also spoke about her Guns N' Roses uh, Patience Tattoo. And, nice. And it's just, it's WWE trying to recollect <laughs> memorabilia things that have been lost through the grapevine and then passed uh down or lost you know rick flair's robe or the iron sheik's uh boots or things of just kane's mask undertaker's glow all these kind of things and and that's just what i think of you because it's like guns and roses probably just kept coming back to you maybe tim has it maybe this person has it that person because <laughs> these things get lost and so that part is really fascinating and i also think about and i respect you where yeah, the money thing, right? I, I'm not. I'm like you. I, I really am. I'm. I'm. Despite that's like the one stereotype. I am not uh, being a Weisler. I am. I, I just not after money. It, I. I never. I don't talk about you know donating. If you wanna see something, you know, follow me on YouTube. YouTube pay me. You know, uh, TikTok. Let TikTok pay me. I want those things to happen, not you. But you remind me of that fan, and I believe. God, was it Aaron Judge's maybe 60th home run? I don't know if it was the 61st or something like that, but the fan didn't ask for any money. He just gave it to him. And, and of course, regardless, though, the Yankees gave him, like, all this memorabilia and tickets and all these things. But he could have held out for a million dollars if he wanted to. And it would have soured the relationship. And it's great that it didn't because now you have this opportunity with, with use your illusions. So let me say this because you're already kind of, Defending yourself with some aspects, like I didn't have involvement in this part of the the box set, <laughs> uh, but I did. You know, they took some of my stuff, so I believe it, you know, throughout. Maybe it's been so long years since we had that conversation, but yeah, the box set, the price. Look, it's uh, it's it is what it is. You're beating a dead horse to use a pun, a Guns N' Roses pun. It the price went down a lot. If I had the means, if I. It's a. It was very cool. I think all the trinkets, all that stuff, was very cool. I think it was a cool thing to own. That's also something else. If you're being a, if you're buying something like that, if you're not just a streamer like me, it takes up space. So where am I going to put that? So that's that's the appetite box set. Use your losing box set. Obviously, we've been waiting. You know, like everything else with Guns N' Roses, we've been waiting. And I I see you on the the fan spot. Uh, Facebook page and just letting people know it's coming. It's coming. Well, we're all doubting, you know, even myself. I'm like, is it really coming? And I think uh, I, I give credit slash on the last day of summer, literally hours away from it turning to be fall. That's when like, I think uh, the first single was released <laughs> from the box and the streaming service. So you got it in be saved by the bell. Uh, so can you tell us about that process? Can you tell us what you donated are you allowed to do that? Well, you know, and and I and I should be clear that um, 
it wasn't, you know, per se donations of, of anything. I mean, they definitely sent me everything back, you know? Okay. Um, so, you know, so how, but, what, um, what is it called then? I guess educate me on the process. Like, I, I don't know. I guess I, I lent them stuff, you okay. know, I suppose would be it. Right. Um, but, you know, I mean, and, and another reason for not asking for, you know, sometimes if you ask for money or you ask for too much, maybe then you have no involvement going forward. Because think about it, in the memorabilia aspect of, of both of these boxes is, is, I mean, of course, I'm a memorabilia person. So for me, yeah, that, that's very exciting. But for other people, you know, it's more about, and, and understandably so, more about the music, right? Whether whether live or, or studio or whatever. And so from that aspect, you know, they didn't need me, right? You know, they could have made this box without any oh, of my stuff. Of course, yeah. Absolutely. And so I, I didn't want to, you know, go that, to take that chance either. Uh, you know, it's great being involved in any kind of way at all. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sorry. And I can't remember what you're asking just now. Well, it's kind of reiterating that you weren't just like to see an opportunity like, oh, here's my chance. Because you know what? Some fans are like this. And I, I am not like this. This is why we're, you know, I hope one day, even before I started this podcast, just a dream of mine to one day interview Slash. It wasn't... <laughs> uh, I wasn't using this. I'm not using this platform because I deserve it or I expect it or anything from. It's just kind of if it happens, great. Whatever I get back from the band, if ever that ever happens, great. I'm appreciative of what I've gotten back from just the community. And you're you're the same person, so you're just appreciative of the opportunity, um, right? And but there are fans who will only do things to get something back, you know. And so and that's kind of the point. And that's not a fan. That's not being a fan, in my opinion. I mean, I guess, you know, like I, I tried, I, you know, for me, because I, I get, you know, sometimes um, on, on various forums and, and groups on the Internet, you know, shit a lot of times um, because people think people think I'm, I'm hoarding like stuff that that's never like I think they like, you know, in terms of like um, maybe unheard songs or, or demos or whatever. And first of all, I, I can tell you, one, I'm not. Two, even if I was, um, I don't have the job where I can be embroiled in any kind of legal controversy, right? Number one, number one, and and you know, I, I, so yeah, I I would of course if I had that kind of stuff, obviously I would love to share it with everyone. I mean, I know we're, we're ultimately, regardless of arguments we get into or otherwise, we're all just fans in the end. I would love to sh if I had this kind of stuff to share with everyone, but that's not my place, right? You know, and. I respect copyright laws and you know infringement and stuff like that, you know. Um yes, uh, you know, we know all about that in the Guns N' Roses world and on this <laughs> podcast. But that lends itself to and you can say what or, uh, or not say um, right. whatever you lent them. And I I'm assuming maybe you're referring to the audio files and and I'll just say this before you take off on that is that's something I first learned really on this podcast is it's one thing to and, and, and no offense, it's hard to argue the hoarding thing when you look at your background right now. But it's your <laughs> office. It's your office. No offense. Right. I, you know, I'm sure the rest of your house is, is pristine. You can eat off the rest off the floor. But <laughs> but it's the hoarding of music and the leaks. And I just don't understand that because what is <laughs> it was just in the new maybe just think of the new Hellraiser where the guy just looked at the painting just for his own eyes. And I just don't understand that level of sorrow. You know what? I don't care if I offend the person. I don't because I'm not thinking of anyone specifically. But the ego, just like this is just for my ears. 
it's one thing if like this is my shirt. This is my shirt. You can't have my shirt. Right. But if it's right. music, why wouldn't you want to share it unless it's the band? And that's a whole other story. You know, that's not right. that's not what we're talking about here. So are you and, able to talk about what you lent or no? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, most of what I lent to them was just, you know, again, like physical memorabilia in okay. terms of, you know, uh, flyers, pictures, you know, that kind of stuff. For audio, uh, nothing on it for user illusion, but for appetite um, box okay. set, it was that demo tape from Brim Brynenthal. Um, it was also their original demo tape that had like, you know Vicky Hamilton's name on it. When they put it in the box, they like blacked out her name and everything on there, right? Oh, but um, it was this. I have this other demo tape of theirs that has like Izzy's name on it, like but it's called his Izzy Stranded instead of Izzy Strathen. <laughs> A lot of people don't know he went by Izzy Stranded before Strathen. I've um, I've seen that the document when they first signed circulate. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. That's really yeah. funny. And uh, um, I think this other demo tape that I had, um, I might've even sent them the Hollywood Rose demo tape that I had in hopes that they might put so th those songs on there, mm. you know, but um, for, it's funny because for user, your user illusion box that when, when it was in the stages of like, let's gather stuff for this. Right. Um, I know and people, some of the people out there will know what I'm talking about. There's like a West Arkeen demo tape that flows out there and, and it has like various songs. Um, and of course, you know, then there's all the other tracks that were recorded sort of during the user illusion time frame. You know, uh, Just Another Sunday, Sentimental Movie, things like this, right? Um, but again, they weren't interested in any of that because they weren't going to put that on the box uh, for whatever reason. And some people argue that some of those songs aren't even Guns N' Roses songs. They're more like, you know, West Arkeen songs or or just other project, whatever you want to call it, songs. Okay. Then there's outtakes from Spaghetti Incident, right? You know, stuff like that. But there was, I, I did plead with them to put this one part um, for the song Coma, right? There's this, there's this uh, alternate take or whatever you want to call it, where... You know the part in the song where Axel's like, all I need is some clarity and someone to tell me what the fuck is going, going on. on. But he sings like, all I need is some clarity and someone else to write the fucking lyrics to this song. And it's <laughs> hilarious, right? It's awesome and it's hilarious. And I was like, even if you just put that like little clip on there, you don't have to put the entire thing, right? I think people would appreciate it and find it kind of funny. Like maybe a hidden track, you know, you know how it used to be with CDs would come out and sometimes if you listen to it after the last song ends, all of a sudden there's like a hidden track that plays. You sure, know? sure. That would be so cool, right? But I, I I asked him in an email just recently. He said there's nothing hidden in the boxes anywhere. Whether he's messing with me or there really is, I don't know. But I, I believe him when he tells me there isn't. But uh, Okay. Um, so, yeah, nothing was lent like that. But I got to say, yeah, if I had something that for some reason Guns N' Roses didn't have and I was the only one who's, who had it, um, of, of course I would... Um, you know, let them have it and, and put it out there. <laughs> you know, yeah, I definitely wouldn't be like, no, I'm going to give it. No one else ever gets to hear it. No. And by the way, if I did have any like, you know, awesome, amazing stuff, while I do believe in not putting it out there forever, because again, I don't want to get sued or looked into by the police or the FBI or whatever. <laughs> of course, if there were people physically present with me in my house, I would love to play it for them or, or whatever, you know, obviously, yes, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not against that kind of thing at all. Um, you know, so, so yeah, I, I wish I had, uh, stuff like that, that they want, 
You know, one of the things that for the for the appetite box, I don't know if people saw this or noticed this. There was like these three photos from 1986 that Al that Al Saib, he was a photographer for the LA Times. Um, and I can't remember who wrote the story, but there was a story in the LA Times about the band. And they one of these pictures is in that in that article. But these three other pictures that are kind of outtakes from that session, um, they didn't have them. And Al Saib doesn't even have the negatives anymore, nor does the LA Times. So I lent them those pictures so they could put those in there because I think a lot of people wanted to see that. And I think they're pretty cool pictures from that time. Um, so yeah, I, I try to you know lend stuff like that if I can. Absolutely. When is the uh, Tricoli Museum coming up? You know, I would love, man, you know, it's funny because, you know, speaking of recent uh, things in the news, um, I would love to win like a, a lottery, like the Powerball or something, because that, you would do it. You that would might do be it. one of the absolute things I would do if I did win, right? You know, open up something like that, you know, free of charge to everyone. Come on in, check it out. Oh, look you at know. that. We got to all chip in for Powerball, okay? All Guns N' Roses fans. And this is all going towards our own museum that funded by curator Tim Tricoli. Let's do it. It starts right now. Chinese democracy oh, starts man. now. <laughs> oh, I love it. And I've thought about like having like, you know, I think it would be cool to do something like, and maybe we'll all do this if and when, knock on wood, you know, the, the band doesn't, uh, isn't active anymore or, or even worse uh, if anyone, you know, passes away or anything, but like, like a yearly convention or something, you know, that'd be kind of cool with all different kinds of things there. Um, you know. Yeah, I'm jealous of the, the KISS fans a little bit in that regard. I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be up. So, I don't know. Maybe in the in the future, you know, of course, you know, the Beatles, there's always Beatlemania, things oh, like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, who knows? Maybe this is where it all starts, maybe, Tim. We'll, we'll start brainstorming. <laughs> uh, but so let me just say with the box set, we were talking about the price and everything. And, you know, of course, me hosting a podcast, it's not like I'm here at Ryan Seacrest. People really give about care about my opinion but people do ask what do you think about the box set and i was excited you know i'm ex i am excited it just it's out um everything sounds great uh, i i got everything i'm listening to everything on spotify i will say that the the blu-ray um look I, i'm not condoning going on youtube but it's there and I don't know how long. I don't know who's posting it. It's just, it's been there. And also being the host of a GNR podcast, I get unsolicited MP4s of it saying like, oh, here, buddy. I didn't even ask for it. So uh, I had no choice but to watch it. <laughs> but the the uh, the Ritz gig, Ritz 91. And, you know, how if I may ask Tim, how old of a guy are you? I am forty five right now. All right, so I'm 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 thirty nine. So, uh, when was the first time you saw Guns N' Roses? First time I saw them was actually uh, you might have been at this show. I wonder, um, although we didn't know each other, then I don't think. But the two thousand two uh, Madison Square Garden okay. show, on December fifth, right? Mm -hmm. You know, after the tour derailed right after that, right? But yes, uh, it did. Okay, that, that show was crazy, man. Because remember, it was like snowing like a son of a bitch outside, and yep, you know, it was a yeah. blizzard. We probably discussed that before, so forgive yeah. me for uh, for not remembering. But yes, that was my first Guns N' Roses show. But I'm telling you, watching that in Blu-ray, and I'm just watching it on my laptop. Holy shit! It was like I saw Guns N' Roses for the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot to really unpack there with the Blu-ray itself, because. You know, all we really had officially, right, were the Tokyo DVDs, the 92 Tokyo 
And it's, it's funny. We, you talk about a band like Kiss, we're talking about that, and they give you everything. You know, we're talking about Metallica. They give you a lot. They really do, especially these last few years of opening up the vault and Guns N' Roses. That's, we're beating, again, a dead horse. We're beating it to death. And that's all we had. And I appreciate I have those DVDs. They were gifted to me. Uh, I remember from an ex-girlfriend who are we bonded over GNR. Uh, same thing with Welcome to the Videos. But with this, it's I had never seen Izzy in this fashion, really. Because obviously our first Guns N' Roses show, 2002, Izzy long gone. Uh, for some people, Guns N' Roses long gone. And I had just see Izzy Shradling fronting, fronting the band on Dustin Bones and, and his songs. And Shannon Hoon coming out there for for You Ain't the First and Don't Cry. Just wow. It's like almost a, a mixture of awe. Like I'm seeing this band almost like I'm there because it's shot in Blu-ray. And it's so different. I, can't, I, I don't know the technology because obviously the cameras back then weren't as sophisticated as they made it look. Just brilliant shit. Um, but I, I, I got to say this, Tim, and looking behind you and all the stuff that you have and all the stuff that Guns N' Roses have, and I loved it. And I appreciate all of those who follow. I was, I was like live tweeting it. I don't know how that happened. I found myself. I, wasn't, I didn't set out to do it. I just had to keep talking about things. You know, Axel saying that Live and Let Die was a present they recorded for Paul McCartney. You know, all these little tidbits of, just almost history. Like I've, it's something like this, this time capsule has been opened after all these years, but why did it take so long? So you don't need to apologize, Tim, for taking however long you got your stuff in for just for the box set. <laughs> but the major is major question is why so long just to release this hidden gem of, of a show that universally the fans are just like, Whoa, we're all loving it. And the price and stuff we could talk about in a minute, but uh, did you get to watch it at all yet? Uh, no, not okay. yet. You know, um, I psyched you up, and though. I, and I don't know, <laughs> because when I got back from uh, my luck, you know, the stuff all arrived the day after I left for Japan and Thailand. Um, okay. You know, thankfully I had neighbors, you know, looking out and, and, and they collected it for me and I got it. But when I came back... Um, yeah, pretty much had to go to work right away. And so I, I didn't have time to watch it yet, but I'll be off, um, you know, today, tomorrow and Thursday. And I, and I definitely will. Um, I, I kind of wonder if they had planned on releasing this way back when, because from what I understand, someone said that like, I don't know, Slash makes a comment in the concert, like, um, yeah. Hey everyone, you'll be on TV or something like that. So I, I kind of wonder if they had planned on releasing this and something derailed it. Who knows what? I right? actually uh, quote, this is, this is part of my live tweeting, and I had oh. so much fun of it. So Slash says, y'all will be on TV and you can call your moms and shit. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> 31 years later, here we are. So it's interesting, and then perhaps you can give your thoughts and opinion on the the. the Average Guns N' Roses fan, the average rock fan has no idea about what was filmed during Use Your Illusion, how they really were trying to make almost a song remains the same, you know, or just a documentary. There was just all this film shot by, was it shot by Del James? I'm not sure who it was shot or he was, no, I don't think it was, but it was just, uh, we know that footage exists. And right. we know that there have been pro shots of multiple Use Your Illusion shows so it just begs the question why 
you know, wait all these years to get one show, which is an 11 out of 10. And just imagine what's on, still on the cutting room floor, what they have. So it's just, uh, it's good that we have your website because we get some <laughs> stuff to look at because they're not giving us a lot. And I hate to be, I hate to be a hater. I don't want to sound like a hater because it's cool. I, I don't want to discourage anyone from buying it. Look, I'm a poor radio DJ. If you have the means, get it. But I streamed everything. You know, if mm-hmm. you, if they sell the Blu-ray separately at some point, I've seen a lot of fans say that, that they wish yeah. it was sold separately. Buy it. It's an awesome show. So I'm just curious in your your thoughts. on What's taking so long? What the hell is going on to go back to coma? I mean, it's a great question. And, and when... Of course, when the Appetite Box got released, I remember all the feedback from people that we had. Um, I say we had, like, like I'm in like work for them or anything, but that was out there. And so before the the user illusion box came out, I I put some feelers out there and I said, "What do you people want to see on this thing?" Right, you know, um, not only in terms of of music, but in terms of you know live stuff or or anything. And so I I collated everyone's uh, feedback and I sent it all to the label. Um, now, I also learned a lot from this whole thing, right? Because I was under the impression that they filmed every single show in the Years of Illusion tour. Okay. And maybe they did. But one thing I learned from talking to fans and everything is that even if they did, not all cameras are the same necessarily, right? You know, of, of course. And apparently the, the cameras that they used for this show were very high end. And, and hence the result we get even 30 years later that looks okay. amazing, right? Okay. Whereas... <laughs> if we want to talk about things that are out there that people probably have seen by now, that House of Blues Vegas show that everyone was dying to see. Yeah. If you watch that, like, what the fuck did they film this on? Like, you know, it looks like shit in my opinion. Um, so you know, now then maybe that's because we don't have the raw file, or who knows the reasons why it looks that way. But so apparently, not every show is going to be out there was shot like this, and okay, that's unfortunate. But I do think there are some more out there that were. And why they're holding on to that or whatever, I, I couldn't tell you. Now, then we have the audio, right? Now, I, I'm pretty sure there's soundboard audio of, of every show. I don't know why there wouldn't be, I guess. With, you know, who would, why wouldn't they record it, right? It doesn't kind of make really a lot of sense, at least for the user illusion days. For all the concerts that happened before that, who knows what's recorded and what's not, right? I would have to think, imagine you're them in 1988 and you're going to go to Japan for the first time in your career, I'd have to think someone recorded that show, right? You know, or maybe one of the Australian shows. Sure. Uh, I mean, you hope it doesn't get did. lost over the years for whatever yeah. reason. At the very least, we know that MTV aired the Ritz in 1988. So whether MTV owns that, whether Guns N' Roses owns it, or whether Universal owns it, whoever it is, I'm sure it's sitting somewhere. And I know it's already out there and there's fans out there who work on... Um, you know, making these things all look all shiny for a current generation. And and that's great and everything. Um, but if they have it and they could, you know, master it and put it out there, I, I say, why not? In my opinion, like, let's face it, whether whether people like it or not, um, there's a lot of bands out there and Guns N' Roses is one of them that at this point in time, and we're talking even years ago, it's a business at this point, right? Yeah. You know, Can regardless of separate right. from the band and the label and the management, it's a business and so obviously one of your main goals is to make money. You have this stuff that's out there. There's people that want to see it. I say win-win, make money, right? <laughs> you know, right. Um, right. I, I don't get it. 
and and I know for sure um, they. I'm not saying every single. There's obviously when they have merchandise that shows some things do sell out, right? And there's no more of it. There's things that don't, and I, and I know it's sitting in warehouses, just in boxes, and it's like put it on your website, and sell it, man. I mean, you know, why not? I, I I maybe maybe there's things I don't know logistics that I don't know about. Maybe there's reasons for this that that they haven't done it. I don't know. But yeah, so I do think about the unreleased audio and video um, and, and and what's going to become of it someday. I remember, I can swear I was told at, when the appetite box came out that um, the reason why they were holding on to certain things and not putting it on there, oh, we're going to release that like for Christmas or for this or whatever. And it never came to be. Um, it's one thing like, okay, like, again, like how we're theorizing that maybe they, they plan to release this back then because of Slash's comment, right? And okay, fine, something happens. Maybe Izzy leaving the band, who knows that de that derailed it, right? Right. But, but why then is it forgotten for so many years? Like it's one thing to have like a delay of, of a couple of years before it comes out again, you know, sort out the legal ramifications, whatever. But I'm glad someone finally remembered and it's out there now. I'll say that. Um, yeah, that's the interesting thing uh, that Izzy is such a, and I mentioned it before, such a prominent part in it. And one of the, there's a few themes I, I noticed, uh, not just the fact that this, this is just Guns N' Roses at their peak. Um, one of their many peaks before it all, insert whatever you want to say, went to shit or people left, quit, fire, whatever you want to, uh, however you want to get your narrative going because there's so many there's always how many different stories and paths are there to Guns N' Roses? I still feel like there's no Guns N' Roses expert out there, but Axl Rose. Only he, yeah. only he knows what happened. The rest of us are just trying to put this together. So just to like with the management and put it, they have their reasons. I have no idea, but it makes you think where, yeah, Izzy had to have had a say in this being released. It's his likeness. That's him. It's putting being put out there. What was the contact? Was it just through lawyers? Is it has that prevented all the other releases that have gone out uh, that haven't come out? So that's interesting. But but why have other bands been able to figure it out? Who have perhaps had more band changes? Oh, it's. But I don't want to focus on the negative. I do want to focus mm -hmm. on the positive mm -hmm. because again, everything sounds great. It is cool to hear November Rain. Uh, freshened up with an orchestral, uh, you know, an actual or orchestra, 50-piece orchestra. Do you have any of the box set around you? Is there any uh, show and tell that we can do? Yeah, if you want to. Sure. Um, sure. You know, I don't know if, if you want to do both of them or if you want to do just the LP version or just the CD version. Whatever or... whatever got you excited because, uh, and okay. I want to also clarify while you're getting some stuff out, is okay. the, is the look of the of it because it, it was worked on by our friend of the show, Arian Bueller, who does so many lithographs and uh, he's worked on uh, the shadow of your love video. He, that's, he was up for a Grammy with the box set. He was mm -hmm. uh, the art design. We should mention that too. Yeah. <clears throat> and so these are award-winning box sets, whatever you want to think about, whatever critiques we have as a fan, who knows, maybe this will be getting nominated too. For whatever reason, the original artwork on Spotify it just looked like a uh, like a circus tent or a pop no. or a popsicle on acid or something. And I love the user illusion covers. I mean, I have one of them tattooed on me. So I'm like, well, this is a work of art. Why did this come out so poorly? However, 
when you look at it, when you really look at it, when it's an optical illusion, when you look at one way and it's red, and it's one way it's blue, and they did a giant one. Perhaps you saw it uh, when we shared on social media that uh, it was outside the rainbow, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. A giant one of that. Looks badass. So the actual physical of it does look cool. So I want to uh, soften my hate from earlier that I was just so put off by the, the look. I'm like, really? I'm like, this is uh, supposed to be Raphael, School of Athens. And, mm-hmm. and it just looks like a... You know, a mess. Anyway, show and tell time. <laughs> well, because you know they wanted they wanted to make a, a play on the word illusion. That's why they 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 were looking for something to do, and that's how that came about. I mean, I guess you could have also gone with hologram or maybe a lenticular uh, kind of thing. Those things work. Um, I think the two D I didn't like yeah. the two D right like. three everything else it works. But that's yeah. Look at me. Yeah. Look at what I'm talking yeah. about. What a nerd I am. And that's the way it is. Some things you have to see in person, right? It just <laughs> is what it is. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, so I'll try showing you guys. Um, this is the CD version. So they're both both of the LP one and the CD one are the same, the same size in terms of if you're looking at it like straight on. Um, but the LP one is thicker, obviously. You know, if you look at it from the side, because you know it's just more things in it, um, and way heavier, <laughs> way heavier. Uh, but here you go. Um, how heavy we I'll try to, to show it as best I can and I'll try to show you like the effect you can see that kind of the blue there uh-huh and uh there you go yeah right, right there you know? okay see I think that's cool that is really yeah. cool so how heavy would you uh, think it is it like a, a Yorkie terrier like how, how big is it <laughs> and on the back you know it's it's got a you know a track listing of everything and of course I don't know if you can see it on my camera but you can go online and, and read all the tracks that are on it. I mean, if people want me to read it to them, I can. No, you don't um, have to go through one... the track list. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many stuff. There's too much stuff. <laughs> and this one, uh, Google, as there. you can see, you know, it says promo only, right? Not, but uh, not for sale, right? Um, uh, and you know, the appetite box, the the big box, right? It was numbered at a ten thousand. Uh, my number is zero 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 zero. This is the promo one, right? So, right. I, I specifically asked for that one from them. Um, but okay, zero. let's take it out. Let's see what we got inside. Um, you know, this is cool. All I, mean, I, I wish, uh, yeah, I had the connects to be able to get this. And look, we're we're moving. We're in the process of moving uh, to Forest Hill from one place in Queens to another. Are you? And oh. there's so much stuff. We give so much crap. God, I have so many band T-shirts. So I mean, oh. I gotta go. We gotta throw out stuff, and then we'll get more stuff after that. But yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. You know. Uh, so first off, um, there's a little—I uh, don't know what you call it. Like it's like a it holds some stuff inside. Here's the front of it. You know, an insert, I guess. Yeah, inserts, I guess. In the back, I don't know if you can see it. It has that that blood logo, but all in black. You know. And, um, and how would you describe the front? Because it's it's the blue user illusion theme, but was that part of the original School of Athens? Who are they highlighting? Because it was the boy and the teacher in the on the cover. So what are they highlighting here? Uh, on this one, it's some guy who looks like he's laying down and kind of leaning on one arm, reading something. Um, I'm not sure if that's in that original artwork or not. I'd, I'd have to pull it up and check. Um, yeah, I assume it very well might be. Um, I, I would hope so. I mean, why? Yeah. Why would they redo it? <laughs> School of Athens. I see. I have sometimes high expectations 
I'm like, Guns N' Roses, they're going to get the uh, the great, great, great <laughs> grandson of Raphael, and he's going to do a specific painting. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that was, that's ridiculous. Um, I don't know. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can. I'm gonna bring it up here. I'm on two. I'm, diff- sure. I'm on two different computers. Oh, right on, man. So I'm sure it probably is on there. I have to imagine. Yeah, no, but I'm maybe sure. they came up with it just for this. I don't know. Maybe you know? show it to me again. Let me see. Yeah, sure, sure. Show and tell time. Let's see, it's like an old guy. It looks like he's reading something or spanking a guy. Kind of yeah. Oh, oh, I see it. Okay, it's on the stairs. It's on the stairs. Okay, it's a so shadow. It it's a shadow. Yes. All right. All right. Yes. You know, it's basically um, it's basically right in the middle of the school of Athens paintings uh, because they're all um, theologians. In, oh know, yeah. Uh, on there, so that's what I loved about yes. it. Guns N' Roses does the best art. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. So, so then we got. Um, you know, when they did the before the user illusion tour started, right in 1991, they did warm up shows. If people don't know that already, a lot of people call them club gigs because they were at smaller places. Um, and so they had these tickets, they're they're very cool looking. Um, and these are the size of the original tickets as well. Ooh. This one is for the Ritz, and I think they they put the Ritz one in there because the show is the Ritz, right? That's on the Blu ray. Um, and uh, so they did, what was it, the Reds, I think, L.A., um, a show in Seattle. Uh, but there was also supposed to be a show in Detroit. There was supposed to be a show in Dallas that never happened. Um, and a fourth location, uh, another, sorry, another location that eludes me right now. But, uh, yeah, then they included some, um, I guess you would call it like a pass. You know, during the, of course, during a, okay. any tour, there's all kinds of passes that get handed out. Um, so here's a guest pass from, from back then it says club in it on it. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can read that, but, uh, this is a, a working personnel pass. Um, you know, for people, this is an after show pass. Always a cool thing to get if you can swing it. Right. You know? Ooh, yeah. Um, pretty, yeah. Pretty tied up logo. And then this is just another guest pass. I'm not sure what the difference between that one and another one is. It's like a button. Yeah. Right. And, and um, I think there's, I think there's stickers. So if you want to apply to something, you can. There's also a series of um, eight by tens of, of band members. So here we go, Axel. Okay, that, that's a pretty famous photo of him in the yeah. uh, the American flag uh, jacket. The jacket, right? Almost like a uh, windbreaker. Slash. Like a windbreaker. Right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, the windbreaker looks like maybe he's in the studio or, or at his home or something here. I don't know. Um, Here's one of Duff, right? Oh, good Duff. Got, What's interesting? How did he get better they, looking? He's like, the- <laughs> yeah. They put um, the eight by tens of other band members in here, you know, which I'm surprised that I. I, oh, like I see Gilby. Okay. Yeah, Gilby. So, like, does he get a cut of that? I, he has to. I wonder. That's a great question. Um, Dizzy. You know, oh, and finally, of course, um, two more. Actually, I'm sorry. Here's Matt. Nice. Oh, let me. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a secret, man. This is just yeah. between me and you. Okay. Yeah. No, no one else. I really hope the next episode. It's not gonna work. It's supposed to be Matt Sorum. Oh, that'd be great, man. I so yeah, he, he's supposed to be coming on the pod. I've known him for a couple of weeks. Uh, it's just one of those like you never know. You could. Nothing's guaranteed. The only thing confirmed is uh, actors love a Taco Bell, like he once said. I mean, he's been on the show before. 
which so, but I, this time, I mean, that was right after the pandemic. I was literally oh, yeah. holding, I was literally holding up a speakerphone to my laptop because I was forced to, you know, work from home and I didn't have a setup. So this will hopefully be on Zoom. Anyway, I wanted to get that in there. Continue. No, I, I thought his book was really interesting. I think he'd be a it cool was. person to have on. I'm sure he has a lot of great stories. I always thought he seemed like an all right guy. A lot of people don't think so for some reason, but he seems pretty straight to me, man. No, like, he was you know. very cool. So I'll mention a couple of uh, Doug Goldstein thoughts because he really uh, loves the 180 that Matt, like, who he has become. Like, it's oh. just he, he's stressed of that. And he's also talked to me about those warm up gigs because that was the first time that Axel really even met Matt. Like they had to get these theater dates before they went out. Like it's crazy. That's what's crazy about watching their rich show. Like right? that's one of the first few times they really rehearsed with Axel. And he says in there, he's like, I can only rehearse in front of a crowd. Oh, wow. Wow. Like, I mean, it's crazy. I think it's a, a, can you imagine that kind of introduction to things, right? You know, uh, just, it's getting thrown in the deep end, man, right? It's you never know? changed. Brain told us the same thing his first yeah. few shows. So it's, yeah. that's Guns N' Roses, man. So uh, <laughs> that's why I, so I love all those little trinkets and things like that, tickets. Those are things I would, you know, now I, if you're watching on Zoom, I guess have my logo, the virtual background. But as I said, I mentioned I'm moving, so. Normally, I have all my toys and stuff behind me. Yeah. So yeah. when I move, I want to make a whole new radio studio behind me. Oh, you know, sweet. Trinkets and things yeah. like that. So is there anything else? Uh, yeah. Guess, and so here we've got um, this one's Izzy. I'm surprised that was included, you know, but uh, there you go. Yeah, that's, just, that's uh, the fascinating yeah. part. Izzy, Izzy's involvement or not involvement? I I tweeted, I, of course, like he's not going to respond. I tweeted at him. So Izzy, did they... Uh, split the loot equally on the, on the on the box set. I hope so. I don't, I don't know. That's, that's, I'm, being, well, you know. I'm being a jerk. It's funny you may talk about Izzy because uh, since I've I've had that banner, I've now had it signed by Duff slash and Axel, right? You know, and now I'm like, oh man, maybe I, I dug myself uh, dug myself painted myself into a corner here because Stephen, I think, would be pretty easy to get if I finally dragged my ass to one of his shows. Right? He seems like a pretty approachable guy. Izzy, though, I have no idea how I'm ever going to get that signature. But uh, well, how'd you get hey, axles? That's that's pretty. Yeah. How'd you get axles? That's rare. Uh, so it's a long story that I better, you know, another time or yeah, sorry, or leave the world. But okay, you know, fair enough. Yeah, okay. But, I, I got it. <laughs> um, but uh, they also put this in there. So when you know the band has had a fan club for a long time, at least you know, even from the early days. Even after construction, when they use your illusion days, they, they they started putting out these folders and they were black instead of the red folders from the appetite days. So this is what it looks like. It's kind of hard to see if there's an, an embossed um guns and roses, like you know, the, the pistols and roses logo, and then it says conspiracy incorporated there. Oh, that's cool. And I could see yeah. the, uh, where it's imprinted when you hold it up to the light. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. very cool. And then inside. So you have the original, um, no, that's not original, so, you know, you know it's sure. made for this box set, but the membership card in, in red there, um, you know, it's held oh, onto yeah. the folder. Your own little Guns N' Roses blockbuster card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think these, these are, you know, again, just copies of the original um, uh, newsletters from back then. There's there's four of them, I believe, you know, you know, and they talk about like, there's interviews with the band members, there's like pen pal section, all that kind of stuff, right, you know. Um, I think people will get a kick out of it. I, I hope. Um, no, this if stuff not, cool. that's cool. 
you know? Right. Then those... there's these, Ooh, these like um these folders. There's a red one and a blue one. And I believe I haven't even tried this out yet, but I'll, I'll try it out in a minute. So I don't know if you remember with the with the avatar box, they had a um I wouldn't call it a lithograph that makes it sound like it's like you know 18 by 24 size, but they had like a little design for each song, right? You know, if 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 people remember that. I think what they did for this, I believe the idea is that if you if you put it in the in the blue folder, it shows one thing. If you put it in the red folder, it shows something else. I, I think. Ooh. Um, because if you can you can check it out right here, I'll show you one. Um without putting it in any folder yet. Because it looks, it looks like, like a, this. A, a couple. Right. It's, so it's oh, kind of like it's the, it's part of it's another painting. It's not school back. Almost like a um do you remember what like the, the 16th 3D glasses? Okay. No, the 3D glasses are yes. right. And so I think if you put it in the let's see what it looks like in the blue folder real quick. I'll, I'll put it in here. So yeah, it looks like that the the characters kind of look like that 16th chapel old school thing but yes yeah. it's the, the design the 3d glasses it seems to be the technology of the folder you're putting it into right yeah and so again that's what it looks like you know uh regular and it says lost in the blue folder and you put it in blue now it looks like that okay so it kind of cleans it up a bit so you can see it all nice and part of that painting i'm guessing still right that uh, original painting this, there. Gr this, <laughs> this girl is touching this bear guy's chest i like it very <laughs> sexual now let me put it in the red folder and see uh, what happens here. This is um, very I'm, assuming, I'm assuming something's going to happen. I don't know. Maybe not. Um, this is reminiscent of Ghostbusters know. 2. You're going to see Vigo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great reference, man. Dude, that's a great reference. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, the red reminded me of it. <laughs> and now it says like, like Lost in the Garden of Eden. And, and there's... Um, oh, yeah. That wasn't there before. Yeah. So I think that's, again... Kind of a play on the whole illusion thing, right? I like if it. you put it in one, you get something. I mean, you know, if you guys want, I can show you all of them, or you can find out for yourselves when you look at them. Um, you know, but pretty interesting. Um, there's a poster, you know, but it's just that you know everyone remembers that that poster of the whole band behind that. Uh, I that used dead. to have that. Yeah, the dead yeah. wanted poster. I used to have yep. that poster myself. You sure. Know, see, right. You know. Um, and, you know, so it's just that poster, um, you know, nothing new about it or anything, but then there's the book. Um, and again, one of those things you have to kind of hold to see, but I mean, I'll show it to you guys in a minute, but um, to me, it feels like really good quality. It's really nice looking and everything, but here you go. That's the front cover. Okay. Another, you know? Definitely another part of school bathrooms. And by the way, before yeah. I lose it, I, I did the research. I did some producing while you oh. were playing show and tell. <laughs> of the cover of the guy kind of just chilling there in the middle. It's a uh, Diogenes uh, of Sinope. I'm sure I'm, I'm mispronouncing it. Oh, uh, a cynic philosopher, a student uh, who lived in his father was Ionysus, was a banker with his beggar cup. Oh, yeah, here we go. With his beggar cup lying deep in thought on the steps. Uh, this was a finely conceived figure with deserves high praise for its beauty and the appropriate negligence of its clothing. So I don't know what that. Wow. Greek. Well, there you go, folks. You learned something on this podcast. Thanks, right? thanks Google. Uh, we hope that's right. <laughs> we hope it's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's the back of the book. Again, more of that of that painting, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. um, then, all right. So if we open it up in the front, you have the first four CDs and it's more artwork and stuff. I'll try to show it in the light. Um, kind of like a. You can see sort of, right? A shiny yeah, uh, CD case. 
Right. Um, now, if we turn the page here, now it just says in, in black, like user illusion. I, again, the, the light change. I mean, hold on a second here. Well, no, you're doing your best, Mr. Rogers. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> okay, there, there you go. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit better. But in the back, um, you have the other CDs. There we go. And the Blu-ray is in that pocket right there. Oh, okay, that's where they store yeah. it. That's cool. Yep. And it says Guns N' Roses live in New York. And uh, if you can read that, but uh, it can. Anyhow, yeah. that's cool. Maybe that's why they're not selling it separately yet, if at all. Right. <laughs> then throughout this book, I don't know if you guys remember. Um, so, and when the appetite box, it was a lot of memorabilia, right? Mm -hmm. And then a, a few pictures, supposedly. Um, that had never been released. I'm not an expert on that kind of stuff if they really have been out there or not. Um, this one goes a lot heavier on pictures of the band, uh, especially in concert. Um, now, again, whether these pictures have been out there or not, you guys will be able to tell me. I mean, some of them clearly are, but other ones I have never seen. Um, and I think, if I remember correctly, I think a lot of the feedback from the other release was that people wanted more pictures and stuff. Um, Sadly, I don't think it's pictures of them um, when they're re record, uh, recording the album. A lot of people wanted that kind of stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, like in the studio, right? You know? You don't um, really see that at all. Yeah, right, right. Um, mm. Here's kind of a cool one of Izzy. I like the purple kind of background going on here. Mind Izzy, yeah. <laughs> Man, know? that was, okay, there's, I mentioned before, there was a few themes watching the, the DVD. and Maybe you want to pay attention. Maybe you would have noticed these. Maybe it's just me being weird. One, speaking of Izzy, he, well, it was obviously he was noticeable. You would forget he was there half the time because he would just go in the back, in the shadows, like the kind of like that picture, and just hang out with Matt Sorum while <laughs> Axel, Slash, and Duff are all running around like madmen. And the other thing is, well, I, I would forget about Izzy too. And look, I say this. It's a happily married man. I love my wife, Shauna. I do. And I don't care. You know, this is a heads up to the ladies. I don't care what your sexual preference is. The camera director made clear decisions to zoom in and pan down on Axel and Slash's <laughs> gun, Mr. Brownstones the entire show. Like, I'm watching it. And I'm like, okay, whatever. They're They're both like they're young and they're. Uh, in their 20s, great cut. You know, they have their that sexy V that I wish I had. But the camera thing just goes pans down. I'm like, oh, and there's uh, <laughs> Mr. Rose's Rose. I'm like, wow. Okay. So, wow. So they, uh, <laughs> I, could, I couldn't help but notice it. I couldn't help but avoid it. So be aware. <laughs> That's that's a spoiler alert. There's a lot of Axel and Slash dick. <laughs> not, not, not literally. You don't actually see it, but. Wow, those uh, those bicycle shorts, man. You you forget about that because he doesn't dress <laughs> like that anymore. You forget about it, and that led nothing to the imagination. <laughs> oh god! I mean, I've got myself you know, in trouble. I kind of like the fact that they, you know, pander to people who who want to see that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, all inclusive. You know, because sometimes <laughs> I gotta say, like, sometimes I feel like they, especially with merchandise with shirts and stuff right you know at the concerts and all that mm. 
they kind of leave women out of that equation a lot, right? Like a lot of times there isn't like the right cut that women want, you okay. know? Um, for example, think about the, you know, what I call the lithograph shirt. A lot of people call it the event shirt. You know, that there's usually for every show, you have the lithograph, you have a shirt that has the lithograph design on it, right? right. Mm -hmm. And most of the time in recent shows, it's a little, you know, pocket design on the, on the chest section. And then the lithograph designs on the back. Right? I have that of Austin City Limits. Yeah, when I went. and a lot of a lot of uh, women, and and maybe even some men, you know, have long hair, and so they want the design on the front instead, right? Oh. And uh, you know, now when they started doing that merch truck for the U.S. shows, the merch truck one had the design on the front, and that's why a lot of people like that, you know. Um, but anyway, so yeah, um, not that I'm saying only women want to see the close-up shot of Axel and Slash <laughs> there, but for for anyone who wants to see it, there you go, is there for everyone to enjoy. Just yeah. another, I, I, there are people who replied to my tweet saying, "I'm sold. I'm gonna buy it just based upon <laughs> that." So, uh, I'm I'm selling I'm selling Blu-rays, <laughs> whether it. whether it's Izzy, uh, <laughs> Shannon Hoon, or Axel's <laughs> Rose. It, it doesn't. I mean, it's it's still it, it really is a fascinating watch. Uh, it is very cool. This whole thing is great, man. You know, maybe somebody yeah. wants to get it for me as a belated uh, wedding gift. Who knows? <laughs> nice, man. Uh, I love it. Before we get out of here, though, because I'm I'm curious. You, you're I'm I'm jealous a little bit of not just your collection, but you you did a bucket list thing for many people. You you traveled to Japan to see Guns N' Roses, and I, I've talked about you know as I've done some fan reviews. I'll I'll do more, of course. I, I people in Latin American countries and Scotland and. Canada on all over, but I wanted to do some within Japan. So if there aren't any Japanese fans out there who uh, are from the region and just because I, I like knowing about the cultures too, but just as a traveler though, tell me about that. Just the flight itself. My God, as somebody who needs to take Dramamine, I'm like, I'm getting nauseous thinking about it. <laughs> well, you know, for me, I had multiple reasons for going to, to these shows. And for anyone who doesn't know, I went to the Japan shows and the Thailand show. In Thailand? Um, wow. I wanted to add Singapore on, but I couldn't get enough time off work to, to make that happen. So, um, but well, but uh, I have I have friends, you know, there. A lot of you guys, you probably know this guy. Um, you know, you can call him Ricky or Rich, but he's a lithograph guy. The guy that has all of them, that has that website, litherati.com, you know. Yep. Uh, I know him very well. We, we've hung out in person many times before. So, and he lives in Japan. So That's right. I was yes. there to see him, but there's other people I know over there too. You get a lot of you guys know who Toshi is. She's been to like 150 JNR shows. Right. Um, then there's fans in Thailand who I've, I've known online, but I've never met in person yet. And so, you know, multiple reasons for going, but uh, so, and one, another reason for going is, as you guys all know, just looking behind me, and if you know about me, I'm a big merchandise person. And for some reason, and look, we can get into whether or not it's it's a is it is it cool to buy stuff on the market and the aftermarket like eBay and stuff? Because you could argue we're just contributing to the the prices of things going crazy by doing that. But what can I say? Sometimes that's the only way to get it. Right. And for for the Thailand and Japan shows in the past, usually that merchandise is the hardest to get of anything else right um so that's another reason i went was to get this stuff wow um, you know so it's so, kind of like a mission almost yeah it, it was and um you know the flight out i flew from seattle to narita uh i think it was like a 10 10 and a half hour flight longest flight i've been on um but i'm someone who can easily sleep on planes not a problem good for you yeah and so 
it's kind of weird with the whole Dateline thing. We, you know, that's crossing that is it messes with your head and everything. I'm but sure. um, you know, it was uneventful. And when I got there, you know, Rich, you know, again, people know him as Ricky, maybe on Facebook, but he met me at the airport, and he was pretty much my companion the whole Japan trip because uh, he can you know read and speak and and understand Japanese as well, right? So um, it helps to have him there. Um, I won't get into some of the adventures we had. Um, that might be more his story to tell. Um, but, um, you know, our plan was to go to bed, at least my plan anyway, was to go to bed that night, like around 10 or 11, and then maybe wake up at 10 or 11 the next day, because I didn't know how tired I would be from the flight and all that kind of shit, right? Um, you know, and then go to the venue, right? The cool thing about Japan they they put this on their website. They they show exactly what they're going to be selling, what the prices of everything is, what time is going on sale. It's kind of nice, right? Again, so then we're sleeping. We get a text at like 7 a.m. There's already like 100 people in line just for merchandise. So I was like, shit. So we get up and we go there. Um, you know, the cool thing about Japan, what ended up happening is um, they limited the, the uh, can't talk. They limited limited there we go the lithographs to one per person um i'm really glad they did because for sure there was resellers in front of us like these people were buying like 50 shirts and shit uh, yeah aren't they, they doing that now for, for like they're doing that now I oh yeah that sh it should be that way because I, I don't that's not fair that's well not you know look since we're talking about it i'll give you my quick opinion of this right okay. um personally I don't buy these things just to go in and sell them, you know, to fans for a ton of money. Right. However, um, I, I won't call it the hate, but maybe everyone's energy should be directed at the right people. Like direct it. Who's ever, I don't know. No, no, I don't. Before I even say that, I don't know who that is exactly. Right. But direct it towards the correct people. Who's ever responsible for, for the shows where they don't limit it. And you could buy as many as you want. Right they're the people who are responsible for this, not the people taking advantage of it, right? You know yeah, I mean? no, I understand that. It's... I mean, and and the people who decide to, I mean, think about it, you have a show, not in this case, right? They, and for the Japan shows, they did 350 posters for each one, right? But um, there's been shows like, like London where there's like 70,000 people in attendance, so you have 120 printed. It's like, what the fuck is going on here, right? You know? Right. Um, so again, I would say directed at those people, but anyway, for Japan, yeah, they did limit it, or at least for the lithos, not for the shirts, evidently, right? Um, and so thankfully they did, because if they didn't, I'm not sure we would have gotten one with our place that we had in line. Uh, and, you know, it, it was great. Um, then, again, they were sold like five or four or five hours before the, the doors opened. And there was like a train station right there that had lockers in it, so you could put the stuff in there. Um, you don't have to bring it with you to the, con to the concert. We got something to eat. Then we went to the show. And it was great, man. The Japan people, they they rock out hard, I got to say. And it was interesting for the Japan shows. I don't know if it's a COVID thing or if it's by design. There was no general admission or pit area. It was all seats. Okay. And yeah, they were kind of rare for a GNR concert, right? And um, when you bought your tickets, like the floor tickets, that's where we were, like, right, you know, um, you there, you didn't know where you were get, buying a ticket for. It was like a crapshoot, right? And so thankfully it kind of worked out. Um, our tickets were still pretty close and, and kind of in the center and everything. There was no um, 
what do you call it? Like a ramp or whatever that, you know, that juts out from the stage that sometimes Axel might walk out on. Sure. Right? It wasn't that it was just a completely straight stage. Um, and, uh, you know, they even had like in, in the stadium itself, they had like a little tower records, uh, booth set up, you know, oh, that's cool. Um, because again, Tower Records, for you know, everyone doesn't know, is, is out of business now. But in Japan, um, they were able to keep the name, and so they have several Tower Records stores there, like in oh, Tokyo. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. And uh, they even had a little thing set up inside, and we were selling CDs and and stuff. Um, it was it was pretty cool to see. Um, I loved that store back when it was open. You know? Sure, I'm I, from I, that generation too. I mean, they were. It's I missed the, the CD releases, stores. man. Right? You know. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I I got to see uh, some, thanks to the power of social media, a lot of Japanese Guns Roses fans were posting some of the, the store displays, and I was jealous. I'm like, wow, this looks really cool. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it makes it for someone who doesn't have the means. It made me like a like I kind of want to buy it. It looks all nice and shiny here. This looks right. really awesome. So that's. Oh man. Uh, how then, about like um, the people in front of us when we were buying merch, um, because my friend could understand them. They. I guess they were competitors. I don't know. They were arguing with each other. They were about to get bust out in a fight and everything. <laughs> okay. Other than that, Japan's very organized. Like when it opened, it wasn't a mass rush of people. It's one line that's going along. It's very organized. I, I love it. For me, I'm more of that kind of person. So I, I like that kind of thing. Um, and by the way, inside too, um, look, I, I try not to judge how anyone enjoys the show. That's their business, right? But as you, I think we all know, if anyone's been to a U.S. show, a rock show, or a metal show, um, sometimes fans can get either drunk at the show or even beforehand, you know, to the point of being belligerent, right? Sure. It can be kind of obnoxious, right? In Japan, they were selling beer, but people buy like one, maybe two, that's it. And that's it, you know? They know um, how to party. They know how to party. Yeah. Yeah. So it was great. Um, and by the way, the opening band was awesome. Um, the, the first night, it was called the, the band called Loudness. Um, old school they're they're classic aren't they and by the way yeah they, they're right i didn't know they've been around since 1981 first japan metal act to ever be signed to a u.s label yeah, yeah. um and they were louder than guns and roses <laughs> they lived yeah. up to the name that's rare for an opening act right you know but um uh then the second day was all the same shit like we were waking up at 7 a.m again to go down the line um the stuff went on sale like an hour earlier because the doors were opening an hour earlier because they had two opening bands this time there's one band called Bandmade. They were awesome. Oh my God. They were so good. Um, the other band was Ryo Sarah or something. Apparently they do like soundtracks to anime films and stuff. Um, oh, that's, cool. that's their big claim to fame anyway. Oh, wow. Uh, and they were good too. Like it was really good opening bands. Um, and then again, the concerts were great. Um, the second show, they, they, they varied it a little bit. They played like better, which I don't think I had been played in a while. Maybe. Um, you know, they played like you know a lot of the songs I want to hear. You know, I gotta say, because of what happened, that was it in Mexico or somewhere in South, in South America. I think at one of the um, sound checks, they played "Don't." I don't know if they played the whole thing, but played that riff at least of "Don't Damn Me." I was kind of hoping maybe they would break that out, you know, but uh, alas, that did not happen. But um, still, I had a great time. It was a lot of fun seeing a concert in another country. And just experiencing another country and, and what it's all about and, and everything. Um, what about Thailand? Again, I mean, how is Thailand? Well, yeah, so Thailand. <laughs> um, I got in. I, I flew in. And that night I, I went to this other hotel to meet up with a friend to, to get dinner um, that, that lives there. Um, 
and that was great. And then he wanted to hang out more, but I, I was going to bed early because again, I was waking up at 6 a.m. the next day to go to the venue. Um, so I got to the venue like around 7.30 in the morning. I, I was the first one there, you know, not including there's, you know, a few staff members or whatever, right? But, um, and you know, the venue is this big open air stadium. They do a lot of soccer matches there and everything, right? In front of it, they had these two huge, like covered areas, right? Um, so, you know, it blocks like the sun out and or the rain out. Thankfully, it wasn't raining, but it was very sunny and very humid. Um, and uh, they and there's like this one road into the place that they had it blocked off with, like this rolling gate kind of thing. So the taxi dropped me off. I'm kind of just standing around for a few minutes. But then, you know, the, the, the gate only blocks cars like people can still walk in and out. Right. You know, so I just walked into the grounds and no one stopped me. And then like back under one of those covered areas, I can see where this is where they're going to be setting merchandise up later, right? So that's where I go to stand. And I'm standing there, and uh, I didn't ask for one, but they, they even brought, like, a, a chair for me and everything. I was like, oh, this is nice. You know, yeah, this is great, right? Um, then, like, a little while later, another fan showed up, and we're kind of communicating as best we can through Google Translate wow. and everything, right? You know, and then, like, around 9.30 or 10, this security guy comes over, and he's like, and again, he's talking in Thai, but I'm kind of getting the gist, right? Like, we oh, we can't be in here. We have to go wait at the main gate area where I got dropped off earlier. So I'm kind of trying to tell him, like, I don't know how many people are out there at this point, right? But I'm like telling him, okay, but I'm number one, right? Because I said, I've been here since 730, right? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, fine. So we get out there. There wasn't really that many people out there anyway. Um, so, you know, I met all these people that were out there. Some of them spoke English, some of them didn't. Uh, you know, people from... So people from Europe, you know, and everything. There's people from different places. Um, but again, yeah, so we <laughs> we stood there in the sun and the fucking humidity, man, <laughs> until 5 p.m., dude. And of course, right when everything opens is right when the sun's going down naturally, right, you know. But to me, what it, I find it very shameful and disgraceful that, and I get it, you know, I'm not as used to the sun as most, maybe some of the, especially a lot of local people might be very used to it, right? You know, but, um, and, you know, maybe a bigger guy, I don't handle the heat and humidity as well as other people do. But uh, but still, I actually do. I'm, I'm pretty resilient in terms of that based on different places I've lived in my life. But still, it was, it was brutal. Um, for me, it was more like the lack of sleep. This entire trip, I had like zero sleep for a lot of different reasons I won't get into. But um so as you can imagine, they had barricades set up on either side of that road that goes into this place, right? And there's people waiting on both sides. And and by the way, thankfully, I'm, I'm not a complete idiot. I had sunscreen with me. I had water with me, you know, and some food and stuff. But anyway, eventually, um, at 5 o'clock, they just opened these barricades. And imagine thousands of people rushing in. There were people getting knocked down, trampled, all that, you know. Oh. All to rush into these, they had these two single-file entry areas. Imagine hundreds of people trying to squeeze in at the same time, showing your vaccination record to whoever's manning these things. Then you go to these tables, but not all tables are the same. It depends on what ticket you bought in this, you know, where what section of the stadium you bought your ticket for. And then you had to get like you had to show them your phone, show them the QR code or whatever, and then you get a bracelet, not a bracelet, like a wristband is what I meant to say, right? Um, then there was a merch line, and the merch table. It, it was insane. There was no clear line. It was just totally fucked up. But I knew there was still that other merch stand inside that one that was waiting that earlier in the day, right? So I said, fuck this. I got out of that line. I went right to the metal detector line. And the metal detector line, I was like maybe third or fourth in line. Not bad at all, right? Um, that opened like an hour later. 
And then, you know, so we went in and then I got, went to that merch table that was inside. Again, I was maybe like third or fourth in line. Didn't matter. All the posters gone, all the shirts gone. Uh, Just the staff fucking pilfered all of it. Uh, my and apparently God. the same thing happened at the 2017 Bangkok show. And that would have even been worse because for the Japan show, the, for those who don't know, and, and the Thailand show, they didn't do the whole like VIP early entry shit. None of that for these shows. I don't know why. I, I can't answer that. But in the 2017 Thailand show, I wasn't there, but I got to talk to people that were. They did do the early entry thing you, that you could pay for, right? Imagine paying for it and there being nothing left either. I'd be super pissed off. Anyway, so I was really kind of pissed off and upset. And by the way, so it, Thailand, I, I I can't say for all of Thailand, but it, it for at least Bangkok and the areas that I saw during my limited time there. Um, and again, I'm not criticizing anyone or the country itself when I say this. It kind of seems like bribery is a, a bit of a thing there, right? which is fine. And I had money on me. I had a lot of Thai money on me. But you know that guy that, that made me leave at 9.30 or 10 in the morning, right? How was I going to bribe him anyway? I can't speak fucking Thai, right? <laughs> <laughs> English, what am I going to say, right? It's such a dangerous situation. I, I yeah. admire yeah. you for, for doing it because you can be taken advantage of. And I mean, in all cultures, there's shifty people. But it, it yeah. sucks because... We've spoken about other Guns N' Roses shows where there have just been promoters that have been taking uh, advantage of the fans, and it's not Guns N' Roses' fault. You know, right. they they, it's it's just not their fault. There's nothing they could do, and they try to work. No, I, absolutely, I don't I don't blame uh, you know Gene, of course not the band, but even the people who work for the band, because from what I understand, what I've been told is that the merchandise. Um, you know, there is someone that works for the band that makes sure the merchandise, you know, gets there and everything, right? And gets in the hands of the right um, person, the promoter or whatever you want to call it, who's running the merchandise stands. And then they're the ones who deal with, you know, selling it all, right? Um, and by the way, the second Japan show, they had a sign up. It was in Japanese, of course, but it said, like, if we think you're a reseller, we'll reserve the right not to sell anything to you, right? Good. You know, and things. So. It's good that some shows they they do this. Um, and by the way, again, another part of the problem, the Thailand show, there was only 130 of the posters anyway, right? So uh -huh. these weird numbers that they print, I, I someone tried to explain it to me many times why they do this. They, something about like, oh, it generates buzz or interest. I'm like, the interest is already there. Like, <laughs> I, you know, um, I, you know there, are, there are some artists that they release posters or lithographs right and they do what's called a timed release meaning like for example okay i have this poster it's going on sale right now starting now tomorrow at noon is when it ends right if if 908 of them sell then 908 is the number right if only three sell then three is the number right and and i think i would like them to maybe start doing something like this and and this way people who don't go to the shows but still want one can get one maybe mailed to them and people that do go to the shows can get it mailed to them this way you don't have to protect it at the show right because certain shows don't allow tubes in certain shows don't allow re-entry so you never know like it's, it's always a a bit of a risk you know um but anyhow um and maybe this is me being a little bit of a bitch or whatever but i, I was really <laughs> pissed off and i just went back to the hotel i didn't go to the show now oh wow. i took a chance there right i took a risk because maybe i would have missed like don't damn me or something right okay thankfully the set list was uh the pretty much identical um, and I'm not, again, that's not criticism. It just worked out for me that it was. I'm glad it was, right? Um, and again, 
it, you could argue it's even stupid because I paid for a ticket. And again, it's not the band's fault. I'm not, and I'm not blaming the band, but I was just mad and I just didn't want to deal with well, it. Well, if all. you were on a, you know, you were on a mission and you've seen uh, Guns N' Roses before, and thankfully it was the similar show you've seen. And I don't know. It's a, uh, it's interesting. I, I spoke. But I, to, I will, <laughs> I will say this. You know, for me, and and everyone's different, right? For me, my favorite part of going to the shows always is meeting uh, either people I knew online, never met in person, or meeting completely new fans and hanging out with them and talking with them. And we did that all day in line. And I, I can't remember some of your names, but you know who you were. And it was great meeting you, seeing you, and talking with you. Sorry I wasn't there after the show, but uh, next time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right on. And I, I feel that same way, too. And that's why I enjoy not just talking to you, but just having this platform to talk to Guns N' Roses fans who I just don't even meet at the shows. I'm hearing about other other states where we're from, you know, other parts of the country or literally other countries, <laughs> other parts of the yeah. uh, other hemispheres. Because uh, I, I, I really do think it's fascinating the way the merch works. And it, it it's, yeah, I, I guess uh, to kind of bring it all together, you know, if it's a business and you want to maximize everything, Right. Why wouldn't they have more of these things available? Like, mm -hmm. thankfully, I was able to get the the Minnesota, the St. Paul Peanuts Snoopy shirt off the GNR truck, but I didn't go. Yeah. Uh, however, I'm lucky enough to have gotten the Fargo uh, lithograph because of uh, a listener, Eric P., who happened. He was allowed to get more than once. So he wasn't a reseller. He was nice enough just to give me one. Uh, well, that's a great point right there. I think. I think maybe they should limit them, but instead of one per person, maybe like three or five per person, because some people are generally there to get ones for other fans, like like your friend did for you. Yes, and that so is true. Maybe some kind of split the difference kind of thing here, right? And I don't know what the magic number is. That's maybe not for me to determine, but um, but yeah, no, I, I totally understand people in that in that situation. Um, and I, and if I could have gotten more or even gotten one in the case of the Thailand show. Uh, I would have for, for friends of you out there, but sorry, I couldn't. You know? and, <laughs> what's yeah. uh, what's next on the adventures of, of Tim Tricoli? Well, other than like, you know, the, uh, finally getting this website under control and everything of mine. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think I have a feeling GNR is going to go back to Europe next summer. Um, not only for that Glasgow gig to reschedule that, right? But I think I don't think they're going to drag everything over there for one show. I, I think they'll probably play other shows. I can't tell you when or where those shows are, but um, I would love to go to Europe for a show. Ultimately, I got to say, my if I had a dream place to see a Guns N' Roses show at, you know, and if we're talking not small places, we're talking like stadiums or whatever, right, you know, Buenos Aires would be it for me. Yep. I mean, imagine yep. everyone, every single person in that stadium knowing the words and singing along. To me, I, that's yep. a dream. Yep, I I agree with you there. I mean, just talking yeah. this, the uh, the fans doing this podcast, it's uh it's something else. It's like a unifying people as one as a wave. It's uh, something here in America we don't experience, and it's it's cool. It was cool to grow up seeing the uh, watching the Tokyo DVDs to watch those fans and seeing how passionate they were uh, at that show, and and they are a very passionate fan base. I th honestly, I feel like here in America we have the worst. I don't know. Maybe we we're, do. we're, we're I think because we're just so spoiled because we have everything all the time. Especially for uh, me in, in in New York. I mean, I'm not that fan, but 
It's just people become jaded. And it's when you go to these remote locations. That's why, yeah, you didn't go to Thailand, but just, wow. I guess wonder, like, what the band thinks. It's like, wow, they're, they're in Thailand, you know. Uh, this this little Lafayette boy in, in Thailand, is it still dawn on him? That, that you know that it's like this. It's it's pretty astounding and pretty amazing. And I, I appreciate you sharing not just your playing show uh, show and tell with the box set, but talking about your your adventures. And by the way, uh, real quick for those who don't know, and speaking of the box in Japan and everything else, the Japan CDs um, have extra tracks on them that are not uh, available uh, here. You know, just so everyone knows. Um, so you might want to pick up those Japan releases if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, again, nothing like like new songs or anything like that. We're talking live tracks, right? But um, they're not available on releases here. Yeah, I believe it was also uh, Doug. I, it was a question asked to him, and I wouldn't have thought about it. So credit to the person if you know who originally asked this, like why the uh, live era had coma on it, right? Right. Yeah. And it's something about Japanese releases because I think American imports are cheaper. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 so I'm right on this. So it helps you mm-hmm. buy homegrown and you by getting more. So that's smart. See, they, absolutely, they, right. they, they they know what they're doing over there. Uh, at least Guns N' Roses and concert wise. I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm. I need to have a globe near me. I'm lucky. I know where. I'm lucky. I know where I am half the time. Uh, but tr- Tim, this was a, a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, it won't be too much longer before your next appearance. Yeah. And, yeah, man, that and, was great. And we'll see. Uh, is there going to be a spaghetti incident box set? Is it going to look like a TV dinner? Like, what are we? What are we doing here? Well, you know, I, I, of course, that's the one. One of the things that I asked when they were doing this box set, right? Because, you know, the spaghetti incident kind of overlapped with User Illusion in a lot of ways. I mean, not obviously when User Illusion was released, but for example, the Estranged single was being released at the time, like Spaghetti Incident was coming out. So yeah. there's an overlap of those two eras, right? Yep. And I thought maybe they would include it kind of like how they included lies in the appetite box, not including one in the million, obviously. But yep. um, but no, he didn't want to for some reason. And I doubt very much there will be one or for oh my god or, or live era or anything, but maybe for Chinese democracy, we'll see. Um, you know, we gotta get and more music. Maybe there'll be a 50th anniversary appetite or user illusion or 40th. Who knows how they do these things, right? But, You're right. Uh, You're right. You're right. It's not like they, they can't celebrate it again for the next whatever <laughs> uh, arbitrary anniversary, even number, whatever it is, bicentennial <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, but it's just, it's all good. It's all gravy because you've been a fan um, even longer than me and you've been collecting, you know, all about their history and the fact that they're out there doing it right now all over the world. And we're talking about this show that's over 30 years old and we're all excited like it's new because it's yeah. it's 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 beautiful to listen to it's beautiful to watch so yeah if you have the means get the box set or if you're like tim just get you know get the promo no one's like tim tim only <laughs> at, not for sale no, tim is not for sale uh but just yeah lucky as well. and lucky. I, I, I'm, I'm lucky i am grateful that as a fan that because they don't have to make these things available on streaming so i get them for free going on youtube and spotify yeah. and i heard or whatever so it, it's good you know i I wash my dishes to to music, so you know, <laughs> nice. Listen, yeah, it, it was interesting. This is true. Uh, doing the dishes now, <laughs> it was back to back versions of "Right Next Door to Hell." <laughs> First, they hit the remastered, and then they did the live version because I have it on shuffle. I was like, you know what? Yes. Let me listen to it back to back. 
Okay, it's fine. <laughs> I like this song. So, uh, very great. cool. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next one? It should be Matt Sorum, but they'll see. I, I'm nervous. Knocking on wood. These things, I've become very wary of announcing things before they happen because they don't never... count chickens, right? Yeah, until I hatch. But you know what? That's how we get questions. It's why st- I've been doing this throughout the the years I've been doing the podcast. So I stop now. So next up, Matt Sorum talking about Kings of Chaos and. and, and whatever else we come up with. So when are you going to see that episode? Well, the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy. You'll see it. I don't know if soon as the word. No! Fuck it! No! Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs>